Uh, good morning, um, everyone. We are in a season of divine revelation. Divine revelation, it's about how God revealed himself to actually become known to men. We have a God who reveals himself. And so a part of this is uh, we want to talk about God, the covenant keeper today. This morning, I want us to reflect on Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, verse 1 to 10. And the text that is appointed is when the children of Israel have just come out and they are now going to enter into the land. A long-standing promise, you can imagine, that comes from way back from the book of Genesis, chapter 15. God promised Abraham that, you know, I will take the, 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 your, your, your descendants shall become slaves. You see that? And so we have a situation whereby uh, God keeps covenants right from the beginning of Exodus uh, chapter 3. He has kept the covenant. And maybe before I continue, we need to understand that uh, our God is not a God of casual relationships. Let me repeat that. We do not serve a God with casual relationships. God takes relationships very seriously. And that's very critical that we need to understand. And one of the things we need to know is that a covenant is to do with the sharing. When we talk about a covenant, is a binding or a solemn agreement that is sealed by vows and joining two parties together. That's a covenant. And with a covenant, you, you, it's based on trust and commitment. Are we together? It is based on trust. You have to trust the person. It's different from a contract where you have to, you know, you have trust that is lacking. And in a covenant, it's unconditional in nature. It's a relationship that is characterized by mutual self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. Very important that we understand this. Praise the Lord. So God works with covenant. Covenant. Our God is a covenant God. So let me read the text from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. The Bible says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are about to enter and occupy, and he clears away many nations before you, you can see that the clearing of the nations is God that is doing it. Are we together? It's God that is doing it. And the basis of doing it is the covenant that he has with his people. Now, the, the, the book of Deuteronomy mentions those particular uh, you know, nations. Number one, the Hittites, the Jigashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hephaestites, Jebusites. Seven nations mightier and more numerous than you. Verse two, when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must utterly destroy them. Make no covenant with them. You see, that's very important. In other words, you cannot have a covenant with me 
when you are again going to establish a covenant with wicked nations. I hope you are seeing that. Verse 3, he now gives the details what should happen. Do not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to take to their sons or taking their, their daughters for your sons. For that will turn away your children from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will destroy you quickly. It's all those, they are part and parcel of the covenant. Verse 5. But this is how you must deal with them. Break down their altars, smash their pillars, hew down their sacred poles, and burn their idols with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on earth to be his people and his treasured possession. In other words, you are a different people. You are not just like any other person. That's why God is in a covenant with you. For example, husband and wife, they have that special relationship. It's a covenant. And that covenant is to do with the husband himself. His brother cannot become the, the husband to the wife. No. He said, you are a people holy to the Lord your God. And God has chosen you out of all the peoples. And verse 7, which is the emphasis this morning, it was not because you were numerous than any other people that the Lord set his heart on you and chose you. One of the things in the covenant is that God actually takes the initiative. He set his heart on us and chose us. And it goes on and on and on like that. But it's important that this morning we get to understand that, um, um, uh, for example, verse 9, which is uh, the card is the theme, uh, God the covenant keeper. The Bible says, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy. You see that? And for a thousand generations, with those who love and keep his commandments. It's important. God is a covenant keeper and is not a casual you know, person that will just violate the covenant. Are we together? And you know that that issue was actually fulfilled. You know, in, in Joshua chapter 21, verse 44, the children of Israel settled in specific lands, and the Bible says the Lord gave them rest on every side just as they had sown to their fathers. So, verse 45 of Joshua chapter 21, they have now reached the land, and, and the verse 45 said, not one word of all the good promises the Lord had made to the children of Israel had failed. They all came to pass. Are we together? So we serve a God with the covenant keeper. And that's what happens, that he's so mindful about what we pass through, about what we are to do, our operations in the kingdom of God. Because without the coverage of a covenant, we are in a mess. That's why in the old covenant, he made this covenant with the nation of Israel. All right. In the New Testament, one of the words, another word for covenant is testament. In the new covenant, he has made that particular covenant with you and me. It is now inclusive. He has revealed himself not only to the Jews, but also to you as a Gentile, as a Ugandan. 
And, you know, Peter struggled in Acts chapter 10 when he had to, you know, um, uh, interact with uh, the, the very fact that God was not a partial God. Acts chapter 10, when you begin to uh, read from uh, verse, uh, from, maybe you can take it up from verse um, 1, uh, okay, verse 9, it will show you that Peter had seen a vision. He saw a vision, heaven opened, large sheet and all that, and the Lord said to him, Peter, kill and eat. He was talking about the four-footed creatures and reptiles that were in that particular sheet. You know, and um, and and Peter said, "No, um, I I have never eaten anything that is unclean." God said, "You cannot. What God has made clean, you must not go unclean and all uncommon." And Peter now realized when he now came to the place of thinking about the vision, the Holy Spirit had already enlightened him that there were men that had come so, so that you know um, he can go. And they and they, they go together to a man called Cornelius. You know the story. And later on, which is what I want to show you, Peter now went to uh, to the Gentile community. Acts chapter ten, verse thirty-four. And uh, Peter began to speak. Verse thirty-four says, Peter began to speak to them, and he said, "I truly understand that God." shows no partiality. You see that? Now, of course, the Holy Spirit was poured up upon this, those people. They received the gift of the Spirit and they, they, they now, uh, you know, they were, they were part, they become part and parcel. They became part and parcel of what God was doing. And that's how we, you and I, have now entered into the new covenant because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the work of the cross, we are now a chosen people, a holy nation, sanctified through his blood, redeemed through his blood. You know, we are bought with a price now by the, because of the blood of Jesus. We are no longer, you know, in the world. All right. So God began this to develop the idea right from the Old Testament of a nation that later on would become a, the church. The nation of Israel is the, the, is the model upon which the church is built and established. The, the, the church is the new Israel now, okay? We need to understand this. And all the blessings, all the things that are in this coverage of covenant, you know, we are now part and parcel of this. So without his covenant, we are in a crisis. I want you to know that. John chapter 15, verse 5, the Bible says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, mark that word, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You have got to have a covenant with God. You have got to be built in that covenant. And you'll be able to do much, much more. Praise the Lord. And the new covenant represents the culmination of the work of Jesus among his people. And that's how we receive the Holy Spirit. That's how we now, you know, um, uh, get to understand um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's the new covenant that enables us now 
to have God access to God and that which was now not available in the old covenant, we now have it, all right? For example, you know, you discover that uh, the covenant with Israel has now passed away and now the promise is now fulfilled in, in, in the restored Israel, which is now the church, consisting of Jews and Gentiles, all the people that are part and parcel of the community God has chosen. It's important that we understand it. With God is a covenant keeper, and it's in that covenant where we now have life. Life is not just one thing that we get to have, live in the world, and then die. No. It is to do now with the purpose. When we talk about him being a covenant keeper, he is meant that you know it is meant that we are to fulfill a certain you know um, um we are to fulfill a purpose in our lives let me show it to you that text of deuteronomy chapter 7 god charged them he said now when you enter the land there are certain things you are expected to do okay number one make no covenant with those nations which is what some of us do. You discover a child of God doesn't know the value that is in them. And they now sell themselves to wicked, you know, communities, to wickedness. Because these communities represented communities, you know, uh, that are wicked. You see that? So it's important that we understand this. And listen, a covenant is to do with what you are to do and what God is to do. God said, make no covenant with them. Show them no mercy. Then he gave them, don't intermarry, for example, for what would that do? That would turn away from your, I mean, your children for following me. Every violation of covenant is actually, uh, it results into punishment. Let me say that again. Every violation of covenant results into punishment. Verse four. For that will turn away your children from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you. You see that? And he will destroy you quickly. So we are to know this. And when, we, when it comes to covenant, it's, it's a serious thing that God is calling us to. And we, 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 we should not take it for granted. We are now children of God that have experienced the grace. And that grace of God is something that we should not take for granted because God sent Jesus in order that we may, we may be, we may have that life that we are talking about. His covenant, I told you, means that we have life. How do I know? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. The Bible says, now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. You see that? By the blood of the eternal covenant. So he brought the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood. You know, his covenant with us means that we have life through that blood. We have life. His covenant with us also means that there is hope. There is hope. 
Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 to 18. The Bible says, when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character, he guaranteed it with an oath. You see, verse 18 says, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. You see that his covenant brings us to this level that there is hope for us. There is hope for every season in the name of Jesus. You know, there is hope for every believer that is in the covenant. No matter what waves the enemy can bring, there is hope because there is agreement. There is mutual self-sacrifice. There is a level at which God is at work. Are we together? Covenant, like I showed you in the beginning, is not a casual relationship at all. Covenant is a serious matter. In a covenant, there is security there. It's not based on emotions. Are we together? I mean, God doesn't love you today and tomorrow he doesn't love you anymore. God is not a boyfriend. He's not a girlfriend. That's why his relationship with the church is likened to marriage. He doesn't like casual relationships. So if Jesus talks about abiding and you in him, you will discover that there's no problem with God. The problem is with you and me. That's, the, well, that's what the problem is. The problem is not with God. He keeps his covenant. All the time he's keeping it. Okay? Because a covenant that God has given us is actually characterized by him coming down. One of the tenets of the covenant is actually mutual self-sacrifice. That's why he came to die. You know, when I see people celebrating Christmas and, uh, you know, doing all kinds of things, I even, I, I wonder, I get surprised because you see that many people become mad about the issue of Christmas and they are just like the world. They are just like how the world does it. Mm. Is it necessary for you to spend that money? Then later on, you say, oh, school has come. Oh my God, what am I going to do? But you spent all the money. You travel to places you didn't need to travel. You know, you bought things you did not need to buy. I mean, it's the same world that we are in. Mm? That's why for me, I am an advocate of, you know, people should be fasting during Christmas season to seek the Lord. Because this God that has come down is not just coming to play and, you know, to let you to do whatever you want to do. No. He said it in Deuteronomy. When you enter the land, make sure you make no covenant with the wicked people. You see? But now, where we are, the level we are getting to, whenever the Christmas season comes, we now begin to, uh, you know, do things that are outside, you know, the established covenant, that are outside the reason and purpose as to why Jesus came. Listen to me very carefully. So we are not, are not those nations anymore. You are no longer in the past. Behold, the past, the old, whatever it is, has passed away. And the new has come. All right? So we need to 
to, to take note of this, that God keeps the covenant. And it is, it, most of the times, it's us who fail. All the time, it's us who fail. Because God is faithful. Praise the Lord. So no matter what happens, there are certain things that cannot find or should not find their way into your destiny. Why? Because of the covenant promises. Whenever God promises, he cannot violate. He cannot lie. He can't. He has to fulfill it. You can read all the texts that are do with what God said. He did it. And if anything that is contrary to that covenant shows up in your life, what it means that that thing is in a wrong place. Because God keeps his covenant. He keeps his covenant. And it is us who fail. So it's not God who, now uh, things are not working out when I pray or ABCD. No, are you abiding? Remember that John 15, 15. Mm. Are you abiding or you have been doing things without him? Because part of John 15, 5, sorry, 15, 5 says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. You see that? Just like husband and wife are, are, are you know, a, a wife cannot give birth without the seed of the man. It's not possible. Hmm? A husband cannot give birth and say, I'm now pregnant, I'm nine months pregnant, I'm going to give birth. It's not possible. Well, so there must be that process that brings them to give birth together. Are we together? Abiding, the working. God sent Jesus to do the work, redemption, and when Jesus went, he ascended, he now left that work to you and me. Okay? So God wants you and me now to go out to bring all the people that are still in darkness to the kingdom. You are a co-heir with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm trying to say. In this covenant, he depends on you. Out together. If you don't do your part, the kingdom of God will not be spread. That's the truth. You are very important in this covenant. All right, you are very critical as far as the salvation of the whole world is concerned. Why are you critical? Because God wants to send you. God wants to send me to the nations. But if you now go there and you now make a covenant with them, they are not going to come back to the, to the kingdom. You see? God wants you to go. Don't just come to this uh, a morning devotion or you know, evening prayer meeting, and you just think that this is what we have been doing. No, it has to lead to something else. It has got to lead to an action that you have to go. Remove the mindset that we have been having. All the old mindsets need to die in 2022. We now have to rise up and go to the nation. And when you go, the same thing that is defeating the world should not defeat you. Let me say that again. When you go to the nations, don't let the things that are, you know, the world is now being defeated by. Yeah? The world is going through, I mean, the, the, the worldly people are, are sexually more, you are now part of them. Hmm? They are being defeated by drugs. You are also being defeated by drugs. What God was saying is that when you go to that land, know that there's an anointing upon your life. One of the things covenant does 
is that you have now a cover over your life. The anointing to, to become a sword, to sledge, the anointing to make sure that the purposes God has given you are fulfilled. Come together. So it's important. God keeps his covenant to make you even fruitful. That's another reason why he keeps the covenant. He keeps his covenant to make you, his child, fruitful. Hmm? Leviticus chapter 26, verse 9. He said, so I will turn towards you and make you fruitful and multiply, and I will confirm my covenant with you. He keeps his covenant to make you fruitful. Because God knows if you are not fruitful, it will now lead you to go to all those uh, uh, the worldly people to, to begin to ask them, you know, to begin to bow before them and all that. And of course, John 15, verse 5, he hinted on that. Because he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, you see that, and I in him, so you can see the relationship. It is that bears fruit. You see that? So part of this covenant, you know, keeping, part of this is that you may become fruitful. All right? You may become fruitful. And whenever you are in a problem, you need to always remember, God keeps his covenant. Actually, let me say this. Whenever you are in a problem and you are groaning, you are going through things, God remembers you. Why? Not because of anything, but because of the covenant we have when you accepted Jesus Christ. All right? If you are born again, you need to know this. God cannot abandon you. No. God is not a seasonal God. God is not somebody that will sit and will say, okay, today I have woken up from the wrong side of the bed. So I think uh, uh, God is not your CEO. We, when he's not happy with you, appraisals have not gone well, then he punishes you uh, because of uh, um, uh, the, the issues that uh, have just happened. He's not an emotional God. God punishes sin, but that he still loves you. Even when he does, he does it to correct, to bring you back, to restore you. That's, so those are some of the things in the covenant. Okay? He brings you back into, he tries to bring you back into his covenant so you can begin to enjoy. Let me show you a scripture in, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 24. The Bible says, God heard the groaning of the children of Israel, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see that? The same thing is repeated in Exodus chapter 6, verse 5. He says, furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. So as a covenant keeper, he actually remembers you in everything you are going through. Let me crown up this. As a covenant keeper, there are blessings God promises to keep to his people under the new covenant of grace now. Jesus Christ. There are blessings there. For example, one of the blessings is God qualifies you and I. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. He qualifies you and I. So it's no longer a case of what we do um, or who we, who we are related to, but who we trust. Let me say that again. He qualifies us. Colossians 1, 12. Maybe we can read it 
Colossians 1, verse 12. This is what it says. And listen to me. This is what it says. Colossians 1, verse 12. It says, um, maybe you can begin from verse um, uh, 11. May you be strong with the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. That's verse 12. Who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. You see that? So you have a Father that has enabled you to share in the inheritance. So he has qualified you to be able to share. So it's not about what you have been able to achieve. It's about who you trust. Jesus takes hold of us and never lets us go. Why? Because of the covenant. Because of the covenant. Because of the covenant, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 39, you know what it means. Not even demonic power. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, verse 39. Romans 8, verse 39. This is what the Bible says. In Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 39. It says, um, verse 38, I'm convinced that neither death, life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in our creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Part of what, why we are, you know, um, uh, part of why we are uh, discussing, understanding divine revelation is for you to know that actually nothing is able again to separate us from the love of God through Jesus how together. Because that's exactly that why he came. He came that we may not be separated. He came to reconcile us once and for all. Hmm? So through Jesus, we have this sure. That's why you must not backslide. These are not times to backslide, my friend. No matter what you are going through. Because powers, rulers, or principalities, they can try their best, but they will not be able to separate you from the love of God. Yesterday, I went and ministered uh, in, uh, in Kamoja. And it was a deliverance service. Um, I arrived uh, at the place. <laughs> And, uh, um, you know, the service was supposed to begin at 5. I arrived at 4.30. 5 came. 5.30 came. Nothing. 6. No service was beginning. So I asked the, the priest, I said, what's going on? He said, ah, the generator. <laughs> Power has gone. I now knew that there is battle here to fight first before you minister. Power has gone. Generator cannot work anymore. It has stopped working. They have now gone to look for another generator. Ah, I said, let's begin the service in the darkness. <laughs> we began to, you know, pray. Began to pray. And of course, later on, power now came. We began to pray. And many things happened there. You know, God did wonders. God did all kinds of things in that particular. Just yesterday, last evening. The issue is that even though powers, rulers, all these principalities, demonic forces, they will try, but they cannot be able 
Look at that scripture again, Romans 8 39. They will not be able to separate you. They cannot do anything to separate you from the love of God. If God has decided to keep in covenant with you, my friend, he has made a decision and nothing, no one can, you know, can do anything about it anymore. Nothing can be done to reverse that. Not even demonic powers. If God is meant to deliver you, the people that were delivered could not, you know, the, the, the enemy could not stop it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he wanted to stop it through power. He wanted to stop it through, uh, you know, uh, disorganizing the 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 the, 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 the setup. But it was possible. Whatever God wanted to do happened. Praise God. So the, we are now under the new covenant of grace. That's what I'm trying to show you. In that covenant of grace, God credits you with perfect righteousness of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. That righteousness is imputed, is given to you. You receive it. It's not earned. In that new covenant also, he gives you the Holy Spirit to teach you John chapter 14, verse 26, to remind you of our, you know, of, 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 of all the things, to teach you. So, in other words, you are a royal priest. Okay, you have the inside of you the Holy Spirit. He directs you now. In that new covenant, God is with you. How together? Because Jesus is the door to the throne room. Let me say that again. God is with you always because Jesus is the door to the throne room. Always is open. That throne room is always open because Jesus is there. You can approach him with freedom and confidence. Hebrews 4, 16 tells us so. Are we together? And we need to get to this level. Whenever you're going through something, don't begin all this lamentation. No. Just know that God is with you. Just continue to hold on that. Finally, God keeps his covenant as long as you are faithful to him. Yeah. And there will come a time when all has now passed. All these things have now, um, um, you know, um, God has brought you. You know, you have, um, you, you, people have preached to you. You know, people have, and then you die. You go to hell. That's the truth. Because he will not keep this covenant beyond death when you are dead. Now he says, okay, now um, I'm born again. No, no, there's no being born again. Born again is here. Are we together? That's why that 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 rich man and Lazarus, you know, there, there was there was the Bible says there was a scheme, there was a schism, sorry, there was something blocking there. You can't cross from there to the other side. It's not possible. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Okay. But beyond this life here, beyond this life, ah, if you are born again, you will go to heaven. If you are not born again, you are backslidden and you die today, you are still in that sin, you will go to hell. That's the truth. Because you are in the sea, you are living in sea, you have denied him, and you are no longer a friend of Jesus. You are no longer somebody that's walking in line with him. Forget about all this, what they are preaching. 
about grace that you can now be living another life and be confessing a different thing. No, you will go to hell. That's the truth. Jesus, the Bible says, he came. For the law came through Moses, but grace and the truth, grace and the truth came through Jesus. I think it was Reverend Gerard who was sharing this event the other day. Grace and the truth. What I want to add, what I want to show you is that if, if Jesus came with the grace and truth, we need to know that grace will do its work of bringing you out of Egypt, bring you out of sin, bring you into the kingdom. But in the kingdom, you live with the truth, my friend. Truth is the word that guides you, that shows you the way. It's not only these two things have to work together. Grace is like a hook brings you into the kingdom because you don't do anything. It's an unmerited favor. You didn't do anything for you to be, uh, to, to be a child of God. Okay? You only believed. He brought you from the dungeon and brought you to his bosom. That's grace. The work of grace does that. But now, when you are in the kingdom, you don't just say, okay, I am here uh, and, and I can do whatever I want to know. Truth now has to begin to operate. Truth, the word. You have now to learn that the time to eat mature food has come. So you can't be a baby. You are born and you are, you are 13, 14, you are still drinking milk. No. 20, you are still drinking milk. You can't grow. So truth, the word, makes you to grow. When you are in the kingdom now, it's time to hear the truth of the word. It's time to begin to eat solid food now. May God help us to be able to rise to that level. And it's, it's something we need to, 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 to understand. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you. This is the day the Lord has made. And we ask that in the name of Jesus, you will sanctify us. You will bring us to that level of understanding of the faithfulness of God. And that, Lord, will not turn to the left or to the right. That, Lord, will stick to the understanding that only you, it's only you that keeps the covenant. And that the glory of God will remain in our, in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Over to you, Aunt Allen. Amen. Amen. Amen, Reverend Hillary. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, Amen. Lord, Lord, we receive this word for all of us. Lord, the issue of covenant. We receive this word because this morning you are calling us to a covenant relationship. My God and my Father, thank you for all your children. You have today ordained that those who are logged in renew their covenants with you and that, Lord, you bless us. Thank you for Father Hilary. Thank you for his family. Thank you for his children, his wife. Thank you for the church of Christ and thank you for all saints. Lord, we come this morning. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Friends, just be patient that we, we are going to pray. Uh, and quickly, there are many points and I hope you took them down, but I'm just going to take us through very uh, 
the ones I I got out and are very important, and all of them are very important. But there are some we must remember. And friends, welcome. But first and foremost, I want us to all unmute and renew the covenant with God personally this morning. I don't care whether you saved 20 years or yesterday, there is renewing the covenant. And even at Deuteronomy, it was a renewal of the covenant. We need to, when the, I said there are terms of the covenant, when the Lord says, that when you get into those nations, don't worship their God. It is important for us to note that we are supposed to worship the God Almighty, the one who is I am. Uh, in a covenant relationship, they, it's a, a symbiotic living. And so we must stay on course. So this morning I want to pray that we stay on course. Lord, help us to stay on course with this covenant that you're making with us. Help us, oh Lord, to stay afloat by the power of the Holy Spirit. And whenever, Lord, we, we, we are in a challenge, Lord, send thy Holy Spirit upon us. Thank you, our God and our Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Um, Father, I say that... God is not um, your CEO. We have gone through challenges. The reason God comes in is because you have a covenant with him, a covenant of salvation. So do not waver between two opinions, my friends, and say that, ha, let me try another thing. God comes in. Whether there is a challenge, God will come in at work, at family, uh, uh, wherever it is. God promises us. So I pray this morning that even when there's that difficult decision, even when there's that difficult letter which has come warning you, firing you, the covenant God is coming through. When there's no money, the covenant God is coming through because it's a God of provision. When there's a sickness, the covenant God is coming through. Father God, I pray this morning over your children and myself that, Lord, there are situations we are currently facing, but we don't know whether the Lord will come through. But we have assurance this morning. You will come through because you have a covenant with us. You remember your covenant because we chose to be saved. So, Lord, I pray that you encourage everyone who is demoralized this morning and since you're not there, you are there and you're coming through and you're coming through. It doesn't matter, Lord, whether the end of the year is near, but we know that you, our God, will make things okay and it will be well with us because you are our God. In Jesus' name, I pray. One of the things Father Hillary said, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. So we must remain, we must remain in the Lord. And so I pray this morning that we remain in the Lord. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, let's remain in the Lord. And joyfully we shall sail through. My God and my Father, again we waver. We are also flesh and blood. But Lord, you help us when we stay on course. Lord, help us as your children to stay that Lord we shall stay on course because you have a covenant with us and because you, our God, 
is helpful to us in all situations. My God and my Father, my God and my Father, we ask that you, who is our God, will help us, help us in all circumstances and in all times. Be worshipped, be, be glorified. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. Amen. The other thing which I want to bring up is that under the covenant of the Lord, he qualifies. He call, we qualify by grace, but we are not to abuse the grace. We qualify. So the Lord who has qualified us is a good God. So I, we thank God that he has qualified us. He qualifies. And you don't qualify yourself. My God and my Father, thank you for qualifying us. When you qualify us, we are able to come to your table. When you qualify us, we are able to come and say, Lord, have mercy. When you qualify us, we are able to come to you and say, Lord, this burden is heavy. We are able to say, Lord, this burden is difficult. And Lord, it's by your grace that you qualify us. We do not merit anything, but our God and our Father, help us, help us as your children that you have made a covenant with. Hear us when we groan. Hear us when we cry. In Jesus' name, I pray. Father Hill also reminded us, Exodus 2.24, that God had the groaning of the children of Israel. Are you groaning anywhere? Is there something that is making you groan? Today, be reminded that the Lord has a covenant with you. Whether it's in mourning, whether it's in, in pain, sickness, or just remember that the Lord is with us. Our God and our Father, thank you for the grace and thank you for hearing us when we cry. Just like you heard the children of Israel. Someone is crying this morning. Someone is weeping this morning. Somebody doesn't know what decision to take. But Lord, you're a covenant-keeping God. Help us, oh Lord. Help us at this season that you, who is our God, you are not separated from us. As long as we, we are not in sin, help us, oh Lord, that you will give us the grace to walk in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the Amen. things that, that uh, Father Hillary <laughs> said that we... We, when the Lord, we are, we are able, it's, we don't have, it's unmerited favor. God gives us unmerited favor. And I wanted us to know that we are favored. This morning we are favored by God and the favor of the Lord goes before us. But there was also a warning that this season, we need to seek God because it's revealed to us. This shopping, 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 shopping. I was not going to forget that one. We start thinking Christmas about eating, shopping, celebration, which is unnecessary. This is a time we should, we should pray and fast. Don't say head gun. No, we need to pray and we need to fast to seek God. This is the season of Advent. We need to know, we need to have a revelation of the Lord. These are seasons you, you want to hear God and say, what is the issue? with children? What is the issue with marriage? What is the issue about Uganda? These issues about uh, youth having no jobs, this issue. 
This is the season. Our God and our Father, I pray for ourselves that this season we shall not be caught up in unnecessary celebrations, but we shall be in line with the Spirit of God to seek you. It is God revealed to us in this Advent season that, Lord, we shall come before you from now onward, fast and hear your voice, ask of the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Lord, even when we are going to meet our families, we ask that, Lord, do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to do as children of God? So help us, O Lord. Thank you, our Father and our God. In Jesus' name, I pray. As I wind up, I'm praying for everyone that this morning as we go, the Lord reveals himself to us. Our God and our Father, thank you. Thank you for your servant as you spoke to us. We ask that, Lord, you reveal yourself anew to us this morning. Lord, you give us new direction. Lord, you give us new blessings. Lord, you uphold us. Lord, uphold those who are, who are in challenges. Uphold those who are even in celebration. Uphold those who have gone astray. Uphold those even who have situations that they do not understand. Lord, there are things that your children are supposed to deliver. Lord, help us this morning. Help each one of us, oh Lord. Lord, give them their courage as they go out to work, as they go out to their farms, as they go out to schools, as they go out to do the will of God. That, Lord, the same courage you gave Moses, you gave Joshua, that we go out to hear the word of the Lord and to hear your, your voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, our God and our Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.